You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Rewind Week. I can't wait to revisit for you guys to listen to this episode about multi-level marketing. What is it? What does it mean to you? Is it something you should pursue or something you should run away from? We talk about all of that on today's show. Plus, plus as an extra bonus, I've put in a new section at the end. This is a new recording a five-minute discussion that I have about where I currently am, which is in the weeds. It's completely new. It was not part of this Rewind section, but it is at the end of this episode. So take a listen. I hope you enjoy, and we'll see you again next week. I am Ken George. I'm Jen from Frugal Friends. This is Rachel Richards, and you're listening to the Earn and Invest podcast. He was a little bit sketchy, as roommates go. He was a summer sublet in an apartment I was leasing with a bunch of friends my sophomore year of college. With great exuberance, he one evening decided to call a roommate meeting, but was evasive when we asked why. Little did we know that we would be in for what turned out to be a slick presentation of graphs and possible profit calculations. He sold Amway products, and he was going to make us all rich. Now, at the time, I had no idea what multi-level marketing, MLM for short, was. But it sounded too good to be true and kind of like the roommate himself, sketchy. Years later, as host of my own personal finance podcast, I still find myself asking the same questions. What the heck are MLMs and are they a force for good or evil? Jen Smith is the writer behind Modern Frugality and the co-host of one of my favorite shows, the Frugal Friends Podcast. Kenny George is the CEO of Merit Standard Properties, as well as Pittsburgh Oil, where he sells Amsoil products. And Rachel Richards is the creator of the Money Honey Rachel platform. She retired at the age of 27 and has created multiple revenue streams throughout her professional life, including at one time being a Cutco representative. Jen, Kenny, Rachel, welcome to Earn and Invest. Jen, let me start with you. You are by no means a marketing expert, but as a financial blogger and podcaster, what do the three letters MLM mean to you? So I think they, I mean, essentially are restrictive marketing. Like, so for me, an MLM restricts the way in which you can market a business that isn't actually yours. 
And so it kind of differs from like a franchise or something starting your own business in that it is absolutely not yours. You don't get to hire um, employees and pay taxes like that on your employees. Like it's just, it's a lot of restriction that can on the surface look like freedom, but as you are running it becomes more and more unsustainable and unscalable. As a financial podcaster and blogger, Jen, is MLM a four-letter word? I mean, honestly, it's three letters, but uh, <laughs> you get the idea. Yeah, three-letter word that or three-letter acronym that translates to a four-letter word for me, for sure. And I, I have never hidden my views about that. I'm not. It's not like a vindictive like dislike. I just I've written so many articles about ways to make money, and it's. MLMs are never one of them that are profitable in the long in the long term. We're talking. I mean, we always look at long term profitability. MLM is just never one of them. Kenny, we're going to give you a chance, especially later on, to rebut some of those points that Jen just made. But you work at Amsoil, which traditionally is thought of as multi level marketing. Tell us about how you first got involved with Amsoil. Well, I started back whenever I'd. I was an electrician by trade, left that business, didn't see eye to eye with the the guy that was running it. He promised me bonuses and everything, and they never panned out because I was selling work also. So I was out doing residential estimates and stuff. So I was told I was going to get a percentage of that. When it came bonus time, they never came. He said, tough luck. I don't have the money. So I decided you know, having a boss just wasn't right for me. So I left that business and was a stay-at-home dad for a couple of years. And to make ends meet, I was buying dirt bikes and quads and motorcycles locally and selling the parts on eBay. And I was doing about five grand a month. And the recession happened in 07 for some of the area. Most of the parts I was selling was out in California where the machines didn't rust away like they do where I'm at in just around Pittsburgh area, Pennsylvania. So the machines that I was buying cheap enough, the parts didn't rust out in other areas. So I was able to ship them away from here and make money on those parts. The problem was, is when the recession happened, people got rid of their toys first. So I seen that that sale started dropping off and I'm like, what else can I do? I thought about opening up my own shop and working on bikes. I did one job for a guy and it went completely horrible. I'm not a good mechanic. I can tear things apart, but I can't put them back together. I found this Amsoil product because I was going to just open a store and just sell parts then, you know, but nothing would let me do it out of my house. So I couldn't afford a space to do it. So I just started selling whatever I could get my hands on. And Amsoil was one of those things. It was a dealership opportunity. I was only, I think, 50 bucks to join still back then. It's still the same today. I met with a guy at a local diner and he told me all about how much money I could make if I you know, put in the time. And I didn't believe him. But I just did a little bit here and there. And I think that the difference is with, you know, Jen kind of putting me under the flame here. With what I do, though, I'm able to sell directly to businesses, retail and commercial businesses, which no other MLM or direct sales company has. So I'm able to sell high volume to other businesses that are going to sell and install the product or use it in their fleet. So I found that as a niche opportunity. And I even tried other MLMs. I tried Ambit Energy. Everyone has heard of that one. 
and a couple other ones. Beach body was one my wife and I tried to do. And as you can see, looking at me, I don't have a beach body, so that didn't work either. <laughs> so I do see the pros and cons of what people see with MLM, but the, every business I think comes down to that, you know, if I can re- give this a little bit of space here on my end of thing is every business has a sales team. And the good thing about MLM though, is I get to not just be a member of the sales team. I get to own my own business and own my own sales team. Yeah. I don't own the business as the product that we make from, you know, base stock to, to off the product shelf line that's behind me, but I get to be part of building my own team and I own the team or the results of the team. So that's a whole different way of looking at it. So I don't have to be responsible for making sure the product's getting made right and quality control and ISO certifications. That's the freedom that you said we don't have. I do have all that freedom. All I got to do is buy the stuff, sell it to people and make a little bit of profit in between. So I would say that's where some of that stuff does come across as the, the end of it is scammy or different. But in reality, when we look at it, every business operates the same way as an MLM. It's just woven into our belief system that we get that job and, and you know just pay our taxes through the job and the 401ks and everything. But in reality, all that stuff is built the same way as MLM. And that's why I think this is not the best thing, but it's another option that it saved me because when I lost my job, my other job, because I started the MLM, went to work in a, in a titanium mill. And that's why I got these nice scars here that never got paid for. But <laughs> I was fired from that job in December of 2016. And the only reason why I didn't have to go get another job or worry about anything is because I was selling these products and they took care of me. It was a safety net. Rachel, I feel like we're going to go back and forth between what is an MLM and what isn't an MLM. And specifically, is it a good thing or a bad thing? But let's start with you. You've done some work with Cutco, which admittedly is often mistaken for an MLM. How did you get involved with them? And and tell us, if you can, why it doesn't feel like an MLM to you. Thank you for asking, because a lot of people, when I talk about Cutco, they're like, that's an MLM. And I'm always like, it's not an MLM, which I immediately lose credibility when I say that, right? Cutco is a direct sales company. And These terms are very confusing. There's a lot of terms. Direct sales company, MLM, pyramid scheme. All of these are different things. And I was researching a little bit before this to really understand the definitions. So I kind of want to clear this up first. It's confusing because these things have a lot of... There's a lot in common between these terms. Direct sales companies and MLMs both sell products or services through person-to-person sales. They both do that. They also both recruit people. They both do that. Okay, but MLMs require their sellers to recruit other sellers. And that's how most of their money is made, is through recruiting. Whereas direct sales companies don't require you to recruit other people. And most of their money is made through actually selling products to people, not through recruiting. So that's a big difference. Also, MLMs typically require you to invest in the product yourself in order to then sell it. Direct sales companies typically don't have an upfront investment requirement. So there's a lot of key differences. And that's why... So I'm anti-MLM, no offense to anybody else on the call, but I personally feel like MLMs are predatory, especially to women and stay-at-home moms. 
Cutco is a direct sales company. There is an opportunity to make money from recruiting people, but it's limited to one level, not multiple levels. It's not that traditional pyramid that you envision when you think of MLM. You're not going to have multiple downlines. I didn't have a team when I was selling Cutco under me. So meaning if the person I recruit recruits someone else, I don't get paid off the second person. I only get paid off the person I recruit. There, there aren't downlines, just one level. And you're not required to recruit people. The focus with Cutco was on attracting high school grads and college students to sell, not women or stay-at-home moms. You don't have to pay for the product up front. And I think one of the reasons Cutco gets mistaken for an MLM is because that used to be a requirement. You used to have to invest in a sample kit to purchase the knives. That's not a thing anymore. You get a free sample kit so that you can use that for appointments. And the focus with Cutco is on selling the products, not on recruiting. So for example, in my four years during college selling Cutco, I maybe recruited three or four people during my four years working there. I maybe made a few hundred dollars from them, but I sold $80,000 worth of knives and I made over $30,000 in commissions from selling knives. So because of my sales and actually selling the product... I paid my way through school from Cutco and I graduated debt-free from selling Cutco. So that to me is the big difference between a direct sales company and an MLM. I noticed too, which is interesting, Rachel, at least from looking at the Cutco's website, it seems like even if you are unsuccessful and don't sell anything, they do pay you for your time. So you might not make as much, but you actually get paid to have shows and to do some work regardless of if you sell or not. Yeah. The great thing when you start off with Cutco is that they offer you a base pay. So there's a training period and I forget what it is now because this was 10 years ago for me, but there's a training period. And when you start off, even if you don't sell something on your first few appointments or during your first few weeks, they typically pay a $15 per appointment base pay. So you're covered even if you don't sell anything just for, I don't know how long that lasts, but that's a nice benefit as well. Jen, do we confuse the terms MLM and pyramid schemes? Because basically most people would say, and and a lot of people don't know necessarily the difference or the definition, but people would say pyramid scheme sounds bad, but then they use MLM and pyramid scheme interchangeably. Should we be doing that? They are interchangeable because a pyramid has multiple levels if you break it down and multiple level marketing is does naturally flow into a pyramid. If you are recruiting and getting paid for the people you recruit and getting paid for those people that they recruit, you don't have to force somebody, but you're it doesn't take a, a genius to figure out I can make more money recruiting people than I can selling the product. And so it just kind of naturally like you want to recruit somebody and then you want to encourage your recruits to recruit people and yada, yada. And then the product kind of like, yes, you can sometimes make money on the product. And a lot of the times these products are actually good products. Like there's a lot of them out there that are good. They're just sold at a premium price that isn't justifiable for what the product is. And most of the focus is put on creating a downline. I mean, I had no idea, like, I'm not very schooled on the types of MLMs or different 
like direct sales things. But I mean, something like what Rachel was saying, like you can get recruited kind of like as, you know, get like maybe a bonus for the person you recruit, but you don't get paid for who they recruit like that. So that like cuts it off and that puts more of a focus on, well, you have to sell a product to make money. You're, you can't just like bank off of building a team. And so that's the business model. When you see people very successful, they're typically talking about their team being successful, not as much the product being successful. When I was looking at Investopedia and trying to really figure out the difference between MLMs and, and pyramid schemes, they seem to separate them on this idea that in a pyramid scheme, you're really focused on selling to people you recruit. Whereas in an MLM that maybe is a more optimistic, better look at doing business, you really focus more on selling product to an end consumer versus someone you're recruiting. Kenny, you've been listening to us talk about MLMs in somewhat of a a negative manner. You've had really a positive experience doing what you're doing. Talk to us about how Amsoil does business and speak to some of these concerns that you hear both Rachel and Jen talk about. I'm fuming here. I'm ready to fight. (laughs) (laughs) So I did research whenever I first started doing Amsoil. And if you do look up a pyramid scheme, it clearly states what a pyramid scheme is, is something that you have to bring on new people that pay so you can pay previous people that you brought in. That is pyramid scheme 101. That's why, what was it? Lehman Brothers or one of the other, I forget which bank it was, or that guy that was scamming people out of money went out of business, but they had to bring in more people to pay the previous people. Whereas that's the pyramid scheme in a multi-level marketing system, you, yeah, you build a downline. Now our downline stops at four people. We're going to be getting a new, do- a new system for Amsoil that they haven't done. Now Amsoil has been a business since 1970 that they've had the MLM system going, I think since 1973, a lady by the name of Shirley Green started the MLM side of it for Amsoil because our products are a premium. They are better. We have a 25,000 mile or one year motor oil. Most motor oils are, you know, a 3,000 mile change interval. So we have a premium product made based on the airline industry, like aerospace fighter jet industry. So when you look at the product and in how much quality is, it's it was three bucks a quart back then when normal oil was 49 cents. So how do you sell a premium product like that? You have to educate the customer and and build customer demand. So I would say whenever you're you're looking at building a sales team, you can't just go hire people, especially as a new business. MLM as a business structure for new companies is a great idea. So that's how Amsoil got started with the MLM. And now that they built it so big and there's a lot of successful dealers like myself, you can't take that away now. You can't just transition into every one of us being an employee because we all like the independence. Now you're, you know, Amsoil is kind of stuck in this way. And I'm I'm thankful for it. But there are pros and cons when you look at this. The the pyramid scheme idea is is you know, you have to keep recruiting people to keep it going. And what I do as an Amsoil dealer, I don't care if I have one person under me. I just know that, that I can go sell product and still make money. And I think when people are looking at MLM in general, they should look at how do they get paid? Does this company have a good reputation? Because it comes down to the company, the philosophy of the, the company, the owners and your own philosophy, and the products. And again, when all businesses, they have to 
they have to sell product. Like Jordan, your book's going to be coming out. For your book to be successful, you have to sell books. Now, there's only two ways to sell books. Get new customers. So get as many people as possible or have each customer buy two, three, four. You know, So there's two ways to sell. That's it. When it comes down to any business, there's only two ways to sell. New customers and wallet share of existing customers. That's all I focus on is giving the best customer service to the people I work with, whether it's a retail business that's selling it or installing it for their customers, whether it's a, a police department or fire department or ambulance stations that we've had before where you know ambulances aren't allowed to stop. So they need a high quality product. We can help them or directly to my customers, either online or direct. Like as you see behind me, I'm sitting around $10,000 of inventory. Some people will say that's part of the MLM scam where they make you buy and keep inventory. But as you see here, this inventory moves. I'll turn over this inventory probably two to four times this year. So it's not something that when you build the actual business the way it's supposed to be built, it actually works as a business. And the pyramid scheme end of it is, you know, as an employee, yeah, you you can go do that that sort of business and be in the, in the sales force. But I'll, I'm building a business where I have employees essentially. You know, I'm getting the time freedom. I have employees that I don't have to pay. Now, the flip side is I'm responsible for their success because I have to train them. Now, I'll say Amsoil, whenever we sign up sponsors below us, I make nothing. When you sign up as a preferred customer or a, a dealer and I'm your sponsor, I make nothing when you sign up. I only make money whenever you buy product. And that's where you eliminate the pyramid scheme versus you know what's a legitimate business. And since I don't make money on just signing people up, I only make money whenever they sell product and whenever I sell product. And I think that's the biggest difference. You know, Beachbody or Ambit Energy, I know some of those that, that we've done in the past, someone would make 200 bucks whenever I would join. You know, I spent 495 at Ambit Energy. My, the guy that signed me up made 200 bucks. So they had to keep their income was dependent on signing people up. Whereas with what I do, my income is not dependent on signing people up. It's only depending on selling product giving a good customer experience to people, you know, being here to, to help and provide value to people. I'm not scamming anybody or stealing anything. Ken, just wondering, the majority of the income you make, is that off of selling product that you yourself sell to an end customer? Or is it product that people who have joined or that you referred eventually sell to the end customer? So this is where it gets interesting. Amsoil has about seven different programs. And I've made videos that I put on YouTube that were under Pittsburgh Oil. I did recently change my business. So in the intro, you said Pittsburgh Oil, which was my old name. I'm now Switch Synthetics because I was an electrician, you know, light switch and change what you're using, you know. So change over to the Amsoil with Switch Synthetics. So I ended up looking at my business in a, in a couple different ways. I try to build it in all seven ways. So it's either selling directly to customers. I get preferred customers. They pay 20 bucks a year, but they get 25% off and a whole bunch of other perks. So the enthusiast goes there. I have other dealers that are below me, retail businesses, commercial businesses. Then I have catalog sales. So someone gets a catalog calls in, I get a little bit from that and internet sales. So there's seven different ways to profit. I focused on everything kind of like a shotgun marketing. Now, because I do things on YouTube and I do some other marketing and I do events, my, most of my business comes from 
the three tops for me are retail businesses, preferred customers, the enthusiasts, and dealers. So I, I mean, I'm I have 200 dealers about. I train them when they call me. I answer. I help them get customers. I help them do everything. So about eighty thousand dollars of my sales comes from my downline. And when it gets into my pay, it ends up being almost 50% of my income comes from my downline, but I am putting in the work to help them build their own businesses. And they only make money when they sell product. And I only make a little bit when when they sell product. The rest of it, like I said, comes from the retail businesses and the preferred customers. Jen, let's talk about language. When I was looking at the Cutco site, I saw things like be your own boss, increase your income, work as a student. When I was looking at the Amsoil site, I saw those things also, but then there was a lot of talk of American ideals or the American spirit. Do you find any of that type of language problematic? Well, there there is this marketing concept called priming. And so it's using things that are, you know, from our five senses. So colors, words, questions, well, questions, not a sense, but just using things like this to direct us to make a decision that the marketer wants us to make. So without actually telling us to make that decision. And so these sites obviously use priming to attract their ideal distributor. And that's why you have the stereotypical girl boss persona, because so many of them use that. And then there are some that are unique. I think Cutco and Amsoil are unique from other, like, unique from the stereotypical MLM and that the there are downline cutoffs. Amsoil can, it can be B2B, which there are virtually no other, like, MLMs that can do that. So, so they're they're a little different in the type of person they attract. But yeah, I mean, I think they're everything they put on their site, every piece of marketing is super intentional trying to attract the type of person who wants to find their tribe. They want to find their tribe, they want to find where they fit in. And if you can, you know, get together people that want to all do the same thing. Everybody wants to make money and find financial freedom, but also maybe have the same ideals, age, values, whatever. You can create like an army of these marketers that looks a lot better for your company and and creates a little more maybe sustainability. It's misleading. (laughs) I don't care who's saying it. I don't care if it's a direct sales company or an MLM or a pyramid scheme to say, be your own boss, financial freedom awaits you. It's around the corner. <laughs> I think it's misleading. If I said that for my real estate investing platform, it's you're not giving all the information. It's, it's making it sound way too easy. The amount of work I put in to selling knives, to sell $80,000 of knives to pay my way through school, I worked harder than I ever worked in my life. It wasn't easy to sell that many knives and to do that many appointments and to show up for team meetings. So I I think that all of these companies owe their salespeople better, setting better expectations for sure. And would you include Cutco in there? Because Cutco does use some of that language. Again, I I don't think it appeals as much to the kind of rah-rah America, but there's there's definitely some language about making your own schedule and, and earning more and those type of things. Yeah. And those things are true, but it's also, you know, it's a sales tactic. So obviously, I mean, 
we all do a little bit of that. And those things are true, but I think that better expectations can be set of, Hey, while these things are true and you can make a lot of money, this is how much work you're going to have to put into it to make this amount of money. Because not everyone is going to go out and have the experience I had. That's just not going to happen. Maybe it's the top one or two or five or 10% of people, but not everyone's going to go work as hard as I did and set six appointments a day and get up at 8 a.m. and make calls for two hours. I mean, that's what it takes. So if they would talk more in averages or, or medians, I think that that would be more representative. So Rachel, basically you, you hit on that part where no one's going to go out and work it as hard as you did. Well, I talked to a couple of my other Amsoil dealers today. I was testing out my equipment. So I you know, had a, a, a quick Zoom meeting and just had random dealers join that aren't even in my group. And whenever I was asking them questions, I got a whole list of them here. They did say that people nowadays, they don't want to put in the hard work. So they want the easy thing. So a lot of that stuff does come across that MLM is easy. I will tell you that it is not. You'll tell people that it's not. So you know the truth. It's still work. And people think that it's going to be like they they put their own idea in the back of their head. Like, I know all these people that can benefit from this, and it's going to be easy for me to go talk to them. But it's hard to get them to actually buy and see the benefits of the product. We just automatically think these are the people that you know would be interested in this. I think that's where a lot of that hard work ends up getting pushed away is they thought that it was just going to be a quick thing, but wasn't. Yeah. And, and I agree with, with what you're saying, Ken. It, and I don't mean to say that not, not anyone's going to work as hard as I do. There are certainly people, and I don't mean that in a braggy way. I just mean it as a call to action to these companies to set expectations better. Because when they use wording of work from home, work from your couch, make money online, it makes it sound way too easy. And you're not going to make money if you do those things. And not everyone is willing to work as hard as, as other people would. So, so yes, I agree. On the flip side of that is I just got a new distributor in an area where there's many other distributors that are doing really well. He could have picked one of those people, but instead he picked me a couple states away because of my presence on YouTube and the marketing that I do. And when I talked to him, I said, well, how do you want to build your business? And I made it all about him and how he's going to work it. And he has done all of his business building online. He's got 27 customers in his first month and just did it all through Facebook. So I can tell you that it is possible, but he's he is putting in four to five hours a day just doing the marketing on Facebook. He's going to make a couple hundred bucks for it this month. So, you know, when he just started out and, and seeing where it goes, I mean, I think he did pretty darn good for learning how the system works and then finding out how he can use that system to his advantage. When it now I'm going to shift to the priming thing because this is this is one that really got me. I don't think that anything we could really say is would be priming other than on a website. Now I, I know on the Amsoil website that we say you could make your own money. You you can be your own boss. You can do your own thing. You can do it part-time and we have no income things on there saying how much money you can make. It's all based on what you do. So being that belly to belly to people, you know, doing the internet stuff, that's how what's going to determine, you know, what you make. So there's no thing that says, you know, if you go do this, you're going to earn why. But everything, I mean, the Super Bowl, you watch every commercial on there, that's priming customers to go order, you know, the Doritos, the, the to go buy the new Ford car. That is just marketing 101. I wouldn't want someone to join my group 
that doesn't know anything about cars, at least have a passion for cars. I wouldn't want someone to join my group that doesn't see that it's going to take time or it's going to take energy. You want to get people that are pre-qualified. That's the same thing. If you look at mortgages. So Rachel, I also buy rental property because I I don't have retirement with Amsoil. I don't have benefits, a pension, nothing. So my retirement is buying rental property. But I found out that if I'm going to sell rental property, the number one thing is, hey, call the call a realtor and say, list the property. And the first thing that he's going to do when a customer comes to them to buy the house that I've listed is, are you pre-qualified? Do you have your approval letter from a bank? What loan can you afford? Can you afford this house? So I would say that's life in general is we want to we want to pre-qualify. We want to put things into a funnel. I'm not a funnel guy, even though I sell oil. I don't, I don't sell funnels, but I probably should. <laughs> but funnel marketing is the same way. You, It's shotgun marketing. You take things that are you know big groups of people and get them through your system. And that's the way it goes. That's with every system. I'm glad you brought the, the funnel and the vetting up because that is something to important to denote in MLMs is that there is not much vetting. And anybody can sign up essentially to be a distributor. If you were to own a franchise, which is very similar in that they own, it is, you know, they're using somebody else's creations and marketing, but they're, they go through a very rigorous vetting process and have to put money up front. And that doesn't make it a scam. They also have to do, you know, a lot of other things, but there's not a lot of that in. MLMs. And I think the difference between priming is just a marketing technique where you use like my favorite example of it is this this magician. I use that in quotes, but he, you know, uses all of these questions with the answer as like kind of subjects or or topics in Tom Hanks movies. And then at the end asks like, I bet I can guess which actor you're thinking of. And they all say Tom Hanks, obviously, because they were primed to say that. And he, you know, quote unquote, guesses it. And so people can do the same thing on websites. You don't have to, it's it's semi-manipulative, but it's not like, priming is not vetting. Priming is making you feel something. And MLM websites and girl bosses are really good at playing at your emotions and making you want the things that you want to a greater extent while taking the logic away from how you get them. And I think that's the inherent problem with most multi-level marketing. I think if you have the option to be vetted and before you get into something, that's great. But not a lot of distributors or, or people in uplines take that because they make money on the signups and stuff of other people signing up underneath. We are talking with Jen Smith, Ken George, and Rachel Richards about multi-level marketing. What is and what isn't? And are they bad or good? We're going to take a short break. I'm Doc G, and this is the Earn and Invest podcast. This episode is brought to you by Range Rover Sport. Range Rover Sport leads by example. With a visceral, uncompromising, and dramatic feel, this car helps you rise to the occasion. How does it do that? Range Rover Sport has powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capability by combining assertiveness with signature Range Rover refinement. This is the car that redefines sporting luxury. 
The new Range Rover Sport features advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification, purposeful cockpit-like driving position, and award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. Once again, explore and build your Range Rover Sport at L-A-N-D-R-O-V-E-R-U-S-A.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. This episode is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, if you're like me, you thought at one point in your life that having enough money would solve all of your problems, and guess what? It didn't for me, and it probably isn't for you. But you know what helps quite a bit? Therapy. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It definitely did for me, and when I used BetterHelp, I found that I was learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowered me to be the best version of myself, and it's not for just those people who've experienced major trauma. You might be like me. Maybe you got to the point where financially you were successful, and yet you still found that life's problems hadn't been all solved. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash earn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash E-A-R-N. Let me reintroduce you. We are talking to Jen Smith, who is the writer behind Modern Frugality and the co-host of the Frugal Friends podcast. Ken George, who is the CEO of Merit Standard Properties, as well as Switch Synthetics, and he is a seller of Amsoil products. And Rachel Richards is the creator of the Money Honey Rachel platform. And she at one point sold Cutco, especially while she was a student. Ken, we've been talking about MLMs, what they are, and what they mean to the people who buy into them. Do you see any exploitation? I mean, you've been doing this for a while. You've also worked or at least looked into some other MLMs. Does this feel exploitative to you? So when I when I think about the, you know, still on the subject of the priming, you know, there's there's a, a part of us that has to see a better self. And I think that that's what might be the only predatory part of it is because we're seeing what would be the possible of our future. And everybody thinks, what's it going to take for me to get to the beach or where I want to be? So the I wouldn't say that it's really predatory. I would say it's more along the lines of showing people an opportunity. They still have to work it, but it's it could be an option for them. For me, it ended up being an option that took over any kind of having a career. So I would say that it's it's not really going after somebody to to put them into a box and get them to do certain things for them. It's more along the lines of saying, hey, what would your life look like if you only had to work so many hours a day or you could work from your house? Like I work from my house. This is my trailer. It's in my backyard and I sell products out of it. And I also do shows and events and visit people and, and, and work with businesses. So I would say more along the lines of MLM is something that can be different. It's not for everyone. And you have to judge if you fit into what you think it will be. And is it attainable to get the success that you want? 
And I think people really need to be honest with themselves to say, will this work for me? Does this product fit my lifestyle? Is this something I can have a passion about doing? And then also put in the goals because let's be honest, when you go get a job, everyone else is in the same job that you're in. There's no superstar. No one, you know, if you stand out, you're, you're the nail that sticks up, that gets hammered. So I found that happened to me. Every job I had, I, I, I love to hustle. I love to be the best. If I'm going to do a job, I'm going to be the best at that job. The problem with that is when I'm the best, everyone else hates you for it because you, you're, you're the target. You know, why, why aren't you as good as what Ken's doing? And if you talk to anybody that I worked with at the past, especially at the mill, they'll tell you, Hey, he was the best at what he did, but we just didn't like him because, you know, he was arrogant about it or whatever it was. And I think that's the problem. Whereas with MLM, I can do this, work my business, be successful and have no one else to say, Hey, look, you're being a jerk about it because you're just doing your product. You're, you're doing your work. You're, you're selling the product. And at the end of the day, I don't have to listen to, you know, the guy next door or next to me that's saying you, you did this better than me and, and he's jealous of it or whatever. So I would say it's, it's really just take that whole lifestyle and flip it on its head. Whenever I was at my job, no one ever said, Hey, what's your goals? What's your ambitions? You know, you do your, your peer reviews on, or, or people do the peer reviews on you and okay. You're only allowed to give people uh, three out of five. We're not allowed to go four and five out of five. Well, why the hell not? Whenever you're doing a good job, you should be, you know, celebrated for doing a good job. But doc, as you know, in, in the healthcare industry, you know, you can't have a perfect nurse because that should be a doctor or she shouldn't be here. You know, as soon as you have that kind of mentality, then they're, they're too good for their job and they shouldn't be at that job. So that's where I'm saying everything else keeps you being at that normal level. They want to have you all be the same. This is a place where I can be a rock star and stand out. I'm second in the state right now. I'm the biggest dealer in the west side of Pennsylvania. So I'm pretty happy with that. I'm happy with my accomplishments and I'm not going to you know, be timid about it. I'm going to tell the world, thank you for being a great customer. Because you are a great customer, I'm at this level and I am so grateful for you being a good customer and grateful that you enjoy the product. And that's, that's where I'm saying MLM is that thing. But it's not what you know everyone else talks about in the break room and behind the curtains because I've been there. I agree that MLMs can help people make a lot of money for sure. There's no doubt about that. I do personally believe that they are predatory because they they put you up for a financial risk without disclosing the data to you. In terms of, I don't know if any of you saw Lula Rich, the documentary. Yes. yes. That was a wild ride. (laughs) It was. (laughs) So, and I don't know the stats, I'm making this up, but for example, if 80% of the people who sold Lula Row lost money, when was that disclosed to the people signing up to sell Lula Row? Was it disclosed? Was it disclosed well enough and enough times and in big enough letters and bold enough? Because I think that's what makes it predatory is that that data is not disclosed. How many people actually make money versus the people who break even versus the people that lose money? And that's what I think makes MLMs predatory. Now, a company like Cutco 
there's no financial risk. MLMs, there's a financial risk because there's inventory risk. You have to buy inventory in the hopes that you resell it. If you don't resell it, you lose that money. Typically, there's not a buyback policy. If I'm remembering correctly from the documentary of Lula Rich, there's now a buyback policy. With Cutco, there's no financial risk because, first of all, you don't have to buy any inventory to start selling Cutco. They loan you the the product for free. They didn't used to do that, but I could get a full refund if I wanted to buy the sample kit. And then if I wanted to quit, they would give me a refund if I gave it back. So I think that's a something that sets apart direct sales from MLMs and makes MLMs predatory. So the the flip side of that is I would say, should there be a disclosure on that? Yes. On everything, there should be a disclosure. And I know when you do the documents with Amswell, there is a disclosure that you have to sign and it's yearly. So you have to sign it every year. I was looking into, because I sell oil, I was looking at an oil change franchise and that franchise had a big, huge packet that they were hesitant to give me. And then once I got it in my hands, because I said, I'm not doing anything, I'm not signing anything until I review the packet. There was, a, I think, a four-store test under this franchise and one of them failed and there was no reason why it failed. And it wasn't disclosed in that document until the middle to the end of that document, it was hard to find. And if you didn't know how to read financial statements, you wouldn't even have noticed it was there because, you know, us being all in this earn and invest podcast here, we all know a little bit about finance and making money and that sort of thing. So I would say that that's also true though, with everything else, there's always risk in everything we do. There's risk in the stock market. There's risk in buying rental property. It's just taking care of your risk and mitigating it. Now I have inventory here. It is risk that I have inventory here, but I do the inventory because I have enough local customers that want it today. Now, as long as it stays in a box, I can return anything from Amsoil. But since it's shipped here, I'd have to pay shipping back. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to move the product. So there are those things that, like I said, whenever someone's looking at MLM, make sure they're joining a good company. But I would say that all these practices are in every business. You just might not see it. Yeah. I I mean, I would, I would agree with aspects of like both of what you're saying, because having inventory is not a bad thing. Many of many businesses require that, not just MLMs. But I think what it comes down to is that in an MLM, the, the upper management quote unquote structure is very broad. In a franchise, you might have an HR department that's in charge of recruiting and vetting. And it's a very restricted group of people that are in charge of recruiting other franchisees. But with an MLM, it's you've got hundreds, thousands of people recruiting for a brand. So you have very little control over how they recruit. Yeah, you can have papers and emails and stuff that tell people how to recruit, but it's ultimately up to that person who the company has no control over to recruit. And then their upline teaching them how to recruit. And that, whether it is endorsed by the company or not, the culture cultivates practices of manipulative recruitment. And so it's not even perpetuated so much by the company itself. Legally, to protect themselves, they would never promote stuff like that. But the company culture very often promotes using deceptive practices of manipulating desires and all kinds of different marketing tactics to get people to sign up, whether or not they may be well-suited for direct sales. 
the thing that I would have to say to that though is a lot of these businesses and multi-level marketing companies, they see that. That's why they're putting out these videos and doing all the, you know, I know if you go to switch synthetics and click to become a dealer, you're going to go to a website that Amsoil has with a little video that plays. It says how great it can be. It is true. It, it's You're finding the freedom to do whatever you want with your own little business, but it does require work. So the flip side of that is though, is because a lot of companies have HR and so many things that they can do and like who's vetting the, the customer or the, the employee, what about the rest of us? We have backgrounds. I have a history. I can't go get a job at some places. So MLM is kind of there for the rest of us that, you know, the people that, that could go get a job, go get a job. People that need to like want to hustle and, you know, want to take care of their own thing and be in charge of their own business and their own life. This is something for them. And I truly believe that, you know, Amsel or multi-level marketing, any business isn't for everybody, but being in charge of your own destiny is. And if you're one of them people that you can't go work for somebody else because of history, immigration status, whatever is, you know, as long as you can, you know, get into the right box, whatever you need to do legally, multi-level marketing could be something good for you. It's better than, you know, being a drug dealer. So this is where I'm saying like, Hey, this is an option. If you want to live that lifestyle of doing whatever you want and you don't fit in the box, other places, I have bad ADHD. Like I said, at the, at the titanium mill that I worked or those, those people didn't like me because of my creativity and how good I was at my job. I didn't fit in there. I, I was the outcast. So this is somewhere I can fit in and actually enjoy what I do. So this is, this is the option for everyone else. Ken, I think that's a really strong point. So I just, I want to commend you on that. That's valid. I never saw it that way. And Jen, you, that was really well stated as, as well. So, and I hope I'm not coming off too confrontational. This is a really interesting conversation. So I'm glad we're having it. I mean, Jen, it's an interesting point. I mean, are there is there some room here for good players? Because what Ken says, which really I connect with, is these are interesting times. And the Great Resignation has shown that a lot of people feel really put off by your typical workplace, right? So a lot of people feel like they don't fit in anymore. Could there be some room here for someone to use an MLM-type model, but make it for the people, so to speak? Well, I think what Ken was saying about how Amsoil got its start by using this, you know, direct sales sort of model to educate consumers to buy a premium product. That is really valid. You have a premium product at a premium price, and that is worth the time it takes to educate a consumer way more so than an overpriced t-shirt or essential oil. So that is a place where it could be valid. And also you have the B2B concept where you can distribute to stores. That's another thing that a lot of MLMs don't allow their distributors to do. You can't set up a Shopify store. There's so many restrictions on how you can you can market the product. It literally has to be direct. And so using a B2B model where you sell to a store could be another really great option. And I think if MLMs would restrict the profit from downlines, it would solve so many problems in the industry. And it wouldn't be a cut and dry solution, but I think you could widen the space to have more fair play 
if that was something that more MLMs would do. Rachel, I, I know we've talked about Cutco not necessarily being an MLM, much more being direct marketing, but just in general, tell us how working for Cutco or working with Cutco changed your life. Yeah, I, I just have really nothing but good things to say about the company because it wasn't just about making money and the sales experience, which were so valuable. When I graduated college and it's always, well, it's not always a tough job market, but in 2013, I felt like it was a tough job market. And a lot of my peers who had good grades and were in all of the clubs and did all the extracurriculars and had internships, they had a tough time finding a job. But me with my Cutco experience and my sales experience, I graduated with college from with five job offers because the Cutco sales experience, I had an opportunity to do public speaking and go through leadership training and work as an assistant and then work my way up to be a head assistant at a branch office and just this whole management training program that they had. So I felt like I was light years ahead of my peers at such a young age. And it just taught me a lot more than just how to sell a knife. The people I know that have come out of the Cutco organization are tremendous people. Hal Elrod, John Roman, John Rulin. There's so many amazing people. And I learned a lot from that experience that I wouldn't have learned anywhere else. So it, I think it's a great thing for a college student to consider. Ken George, tell us how working with Amsoil has changed your life. Oh, Jordan, we can go into a whole bunch of things there. I will say that financially, it changed my life for the better. The only problem is, is it really reali- made me realize where my weaknesses are. Because of my ADHD, I'm scattered. So I I found out that you know I'm just not good at keeping track of my customers and 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 the books and stuff. So that's a big thing. Like you got to be real with yourself that sometimes you're just not good at some things. But I do have to say that you know I just checked out the Amazon site right now, and it does say where freedom and opportunity meet. And if you watch the story on Amsoil, it's because the the founder of Amsoil, AJ Amatuzio, was a fighter pilot, and you know, built this business based on the lubricants that they use in the fighter pilots to put in people's cars. So he had the freedom. He he was giving people freedom by being a fighter pilot and, you know, being on the front lines to save America at times if he needed to be. So I say that there is freedom in doing stuff like that. And I am one of the people that have seen the freedom, but also if we, if we were to build a system where we gave more to the people that first started out, is that, that's kind of like a social experiment where I think we're giving something away. This is America. We work hard for what we what we earn. And I believe if you want to earn whatever you want, you have to get out there and work for it. Don't be ticked off that someone else makes more money than you. Go put in the work and get the same results. And that's where I'm saying Amsoil or multi-level marketing. I, I don't want to keep saying Amsoil because even though it's the best, I don't want to keep promoting me. <laughs> Some multi-level marketing things, you know, they're they're the the system that does bring benefit to people. So work the work the business. Don't be afraid to put in the work, but just track your time. Make sure you're spending the time on the right thing. Because what I found out is multi-level marketing is a stepping stone to bettering things in your life. Because I sell Amsoil to a, a, a local customer and told them that I also was interested in real estate, they ended up becoming my lender. So you know, because I sell this product ended up being a multi-million dollar deal for me on the back end for my real estate investing. 
I would say take advantage, find the anomalies in everything we do. Every person should be doing this to take a better track for their lives. And that's where I could say that, you know, this is what anybody can do as long as they know themselves and keep accountable to step on those stones to get to wherever they want to be. I'm financially free right now with Amsoil. So I'm hoping that I can continue that. I do have a a huge goal to hit $10,000 a month in income. I'm halfway there. So I can say that, you know, it is getting me where I want to be. And I don't think I could do this at a regular job. I, and I think it's important if MLMs do ever reform and become viable options for the majority to achieve financial freedom. I think it's important to choose one wisely, follow the money, follow the market. Like people are not impulse buying motor oil. They need it for whatever reason they do. And I think it's much it's a much harder sell for most other products that you can just easily go buy in a store. And you can buy Amsoil in a store. So that's a major difference. And so when you're if you were choosing a product that only you sell, but somebody else could get a similar product for half the price and you would have to spend an hour explaining why they shouldn't spend $10 on on this essential oil when you sell it for 20, like $20 isn't enough to justify that cost of your time for most people, at least not sustainably. And so you kind of have to take into consideration your time and what the the product is that you're promoting to see if direct sales is a viable option for you if it ever comes down to you needing to make that decision. Well, Jen, Rachel, Ken, I wanted to thank you for coming on to talk about multi-level marketing today. Certainly from this conversation, I feel pretty comfortable with what multi-level marketing could be at its best. And I also feel like at its worst, it's this pyramid type scam, which cannibalizes its young. So I think that's pretty clear. Notably, there's one voice that we haven't really heard from, and that's the person who got into one of these schemes to make money and lost a lot of money or got frustrated or had problems. And the truth of the matter is I wanted to have one of those people on the show, but very few people are willing to talk about it. So I wanted to thank you all for coming on the show. And I wanted to end this episode the way I end every episode by asking you what is up next in your life and where can we find you? Ken, let's start with you. What's up next in your life? And if people want to learn more, how can they contact you? So the the thing that I keep working on here is just building this business up and helping more people, you know, get a quality product that I believe in. You know, I use the products. Of course, everybody that's in any kind of sales should definitely be using the products and back what they believe. So my goal here, like I said, I'm I'm trying to hit ten thousand a month in my income so I can afford a beach house for my wife. That's something she always wants, and she rightfully deserves it, being married to me. So. That's my goal is to hit $10,000 a month in sales with this business in profit to me. I know it's kind of personal to put that out there, but that's what I'm going for. You know, just to close on this, I think that in multi-level marketing or anything, when we look at everybody that's been in business, if you look at all the great entrepreneurs from Shark Tank to some of the other big players, Grant Cardone and everybody else, they were all in some sort of door-to-door sales these people put it out there. They did this hard work and they'll tell you that it was never fun or easy. You know, it's, it's seeking out the nose and doing that. So I'm betting that 90% of your customer or your listeners are going to say no to me. 
And I'm okay with that because the 10% is all I need. To find more about me, switchsynthetics.com is the easiest way to get a hold of me. All of my stuff is there. So my phone number, everything. Like anyone wants to email me, contact me, call me. My phone does go on silent at night. So I, I got tired of the midnight calls, but because <laughs> I do have customers that need stuff at midnight, car guys are crazy. You know, if race day is the next day and they they break something and they need a quart of oil to top off, sometimes I still get those calls and take them and I will deliver product to, to my, you know, my core customers. But for me, that's my goal is 10 grand a month with this to get my wife what she wants and, you know, to keep helping as many customers as I possibly can. Rachel, tell us what's up next in your life and where can we find you if we want to learn more? Thank you. My goal is to help as many women as possible feel confident about their financial futures. And I mainly do that by teaching them about investing in real estate. So I have several programs. I have my rental property boot camp open for enrollment. I am also speaking at Camp Phi in Colorado Springs from July 8th through 11th. So hopefully I'll see some of you there. You can find me on Instagram at moneyhoneyrachel. And Doc, what I would love to do for your listeners is give away my passive income starter kit for free. So if anyone would like to download that, you can go to moneyhoneyrachel.com forward slash passive income. And we will also put that on the episode page. So just check us out at earnandinvest.com. On that episode page, you'll be able to find that link. And Jen, tell us about Frugal Friends and how can we reach you if we want to know more? Yeah. So you can listen to Frugal Friends wherever you are listening to this podcast. We release a new episode every Friday. And we also have our annual summit coming up June 27th through 30th that you can start registering for soon. It's going to be very, very fun. This has been the Earn and Invest Podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I'd like to thank Ken George, Rachel Richards, and Jen Smith. That's a wrap. be a little personal today. I want to talk about being in the weeds. Being in the weeds is exactly what I feel like recently. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that life has been a little bit stressful uh, in the last few weeks. There's been a number of things going on. Um, My father-in-law has had some health problems. We've been working on getting him into a nursing home and then eventually an assisted living Uh, I just found out the other day that my uncle passed away, something we were kind of expecting, uh, but it still is a shock. Just random stuff, like my refrigerator and dishwasher broke in the same week. All these things have been happening, and I have to tell you, I'm feeling a little stressed out. I'm feeling in the weeds. Like maybe six months ago, I was going through the green, well-manicured pastures, rolling through the hills. Nothing could get in my way. Nothing could trip me up. That was then. But now, I feel like I'm mired in the thicket, in the weeds. Every step is painful and difficult. Now, don't get me wrong. I know this is short term, but the way I'm feeling right now actually feels a lot like I felt when I was in the midst of being a doctor, stressed out, dreading each day, not wanting to go into work, how I used to feel before financial independence. 
It's been a number of years. And this is the first time in a while that I've been remembering, reliving what that felt like. To be in the midst of the grind. To feel like your time wasn't your own. And that things were happening all around you that you had no control over. So why am I bringing this up? I'm not bringing this up so that you can feel bad for me. I'm not bringing this up so that you can write me emails and say you're there and you support me. All those things are nice, but that's not why I'm talking about this. Why I'm talking about this is because there's this theory out there, especially by people who are not happy where they are financially, people who are in the midst of work and doing a job they don't like. There's this theory that they will become financially independent, they will leave their job, and it will fix all their problems, and life will be perfect and cheery, that they will escape the weeds forever. I don't want to burst your bubble. That's not why I'm here. Actually, the idea behind Earn and Invest is to give people hope. But I do want to prepare you for the fact that becoming financially independent, having enough money, leaving your job or whatever your goal is, going part-time, getting to Coastify or Baristify or, or however you define success, it isn't going to fix everything. At times, you're going to find yourself stressed out. You're going to find bad things happening. You're going to find like all of a sudden you have no control over the world occurring around you. And as opposed to trying to escape that or dreading it, I guess my advice for you as well as my advice for myself is that maybe, maybe we just have to accept it. Maybe we just have to accept this fact that Sometimes you're going to be in the weeds, that weeds are present everywhere. And while you can try your whole life to avoid them, sometimes you turn in the wrong direction, take a step, and all of a sudden you're caught. And that, I guess that's okay. And if you can come to that conclusion now, while you are not retired, while you are not financially independent, while maybe you're a little bit in the weeds yourself... You can start looking at life and start saying, well, how do I get out of the weeds today? And certainly money is one of those ways we can do that, right? You have enough money, you can leave your job, you can stop doing things you don't like doing. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping you'll start thinking about, well, how do I get out of the weeds today, even without those resources? How do I start fixing my problems? How do I start spending my time in ways that I like to? How do I develop a sense of purpose, identity, and connections today before you're financially independent because it's like lifting weights. Those muscles you build, that extra flexibility, agility, whatever it is that you're working on, if you start building that when you're not financially independent, if you start building that when you're still working and maybe when you're living that life you're not yet loving, when you one day are financially independent, when you are living the life you want to live and yet still end up in the weeds, you'll have had a huge amount of practice in pulling yourself out. Boy, <laughs> I'm able to talk today. <laughs> 
on another note, thank you guys for doing this. Like I said, this was a touch more confrontational, but in, in such a good way, I think. Um, because it allowed people, I think, to hear hear kind of different sides of the story. Um, and I think you three together were the right people to have this conversation, in my opinion. I wish I could have found one more person who would have who could have given like a really bad story, but um, it's really hard to get people to talk about MLMs in general. I know we didn't even get to talk about my one week with Beachbody. I really think that would have made it a more effective panel. Yeah, yeah. See, but that's that's not enough time to actually say that you had a chance to fail at it. Like, you know, and then other thing is people look it's at enough this time business. for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I started this in 2008 and then now crunching the numbers, I look at, you know, what I spend on marketing and everything. And I'm like, you know, my income is lower than what I, I get in my net check. You know, I do spend 20% of my income for marketing and growing the business. But if you look at any business, they do the same thing. So it's just knowing that you're you're looking at things as a business level versus um, looking at it as an employee level. It's a completely different look. And Rachel, you know, being in, in real estate, like all those numbers count, you know, days on market, the rents, um, vacancy rates, all of that stuff. It comes down to, to, to days on how much profitability you're making. And if you take that same book system and put it into the MLM, you can see, are you really being accountable? Are you doing the right work? There's a lot of things that people do that it's not the right thing that they should be doing. And that's where they, they give MLM and other businesses such a bad name because did the business fail or did they fail? And, you know, they're well, I think one of the, the issues one. is putting the own the onus on the people who fail. Mm-hmm. I think that's another manipulative tactic that many. And I, I want to point out, you are in a very unique MLM. You most 90% of MLMs do not work the way Amsoil does. Yeah. Like I can go into a store, I can buy Amsoil yeah, because some I of need it. Yes. it. Yeah, like, some stores yeah. we have it, but we do have so that, it's, that distribution network is there. Right. So we I can mean limit. But it's very, it's very unique. Mm-hmm. All salespeople get commissions. Yep. Um, and so it is similar in that, um, and in not similar to the manipulative and deceptive practices of many MLM cultures. Mm-hmm. And that's why I left Ambit and the other was Beachbody <laughs> yeah. also. Yeah. And that was just what I was trying to like make a point of is, th- is that it's not all rose just because one, one is good. Yeah. Doesn't mean like it doesn't justify the practices of the 99. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And see, I knew Jen that you'd pull that out in the whole conversation. <laughs> Rachel, I hear nothing but good things about Cutco, at least. So I don't know. Maybe there are people who are talking badly about Cutco, but I certainly never see it. And maybe it's just what my Facebook feed looks like. But a lot, of people, to know. Love, a lot of people love Cutco. Yeah, it's interesting, Jordan, that so many people talk about knives on your Facebook page. <laughs> you, so you, quality counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As it is. That's true. What can I say? Tech moves fast. So keep pace with the Daily Crunch podcast from TechCrunch. With new episodes every day, this podcast will give you a quick overview on everything you need and should know about startups, new tech, regulations, and more. Listen to TechCrunch Daily Crunch now, wherever you get your podcasts. That's TechCrunch Daily Crunch, wherever you get your podcasts. 
It feels really good to be productive, but a lot of the time it's easier said than done, especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually, you know, be productive. But you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday, so listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts.